Hey there Keto fam, my name is Keto Christina and this is the Keto 360 podcast. To date I have lost over 100 pounds on the ketogenic diet and I want to bring my knowledge and experience of how life-changing this way of eating is to you. Each week we will discuss all things keto as well as health and lifestyle topics or anything that I believe can help you on your journey. So please join me by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on iTunes. Let's get the show started. to episode six of the Keto 360 podcast. I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. It's a beautiful sunny morning here in France and the weather has changed finally. Those crazy temperatures have come right down and it's actually chilly in the morning. I actually need to put cardigan on so I'm looking forward to autumn, looking forward to those chunky cardigans and boots and um, finally feeling a little bit of chill in the air. So this week's comment of the week comes from Jo Childress and she says, Christina, your posts are so inspiring. I am much nearer the beginning of my keto journey, still in the doubting phase, but your videos help to keep my feet on the path. One question though, do you have any sort of say about what ads go on your YouTube channel? I just wonder why so many pharmaceutical ads. First of all, Jo, thank you so much. I'm really glad that the videos on YouTube are helping you on your journey and are helping so many. That's why I do what I do. In terms of the ads that YouTube choose to put on my channel, I do not unfortunately have a say about what ads are shown. I've had people message me to say that they have seen ads from McDonald's and Burger King and other such ridiculous ads when you consider the content of my videos. YouTube use an algorithm and they also use targeted advertising. So if you have searched for something uh, in your YouTube history, they'll take that and they will apply it then to give you targeted advertising. So unfortunately, no, I don't get a say on what ads are being shown on the channel. So this week I have just finished reading a book called The Dorito Effect by Mark Schatzker. And this book was basically about how we overeat as humans. And it's down to something called the Dorito effect. So if you think about Dorito, uh, I don't like them. I never ate them um, because I tried the original ones first. So they were just tasteless pieces of crunchy cardboard uh, that were a little bit salty. So I didn't like the taste. But what Dorito did was they added flavoring. So if you, you've got barbecue flavoring, you've got Cool Ranch flavoring. And what happens is when you eat barbecue flavored corn chips, your body is getting a taste and a taste that doesn't match the nutritional content of the food. So you might get, so say you get barbecue beef flavor. If there is such a thing, I don't know. I don't eat Doritos. I'm just taking a wild guess here. If you get barbecue beef flavored chips and not just Doritos, any sort of chips, you're eating potato, you're eating starch, carbohydrate, you're eating seed oil and you're eating salt. There's no beef in the food 
there's no collagen, there's no beef fat, there's no protein from animal sources. So you're eating the chip. Your taste says you're eating barbecue beef. The nutrition says completely different. And it basically damages the messages that are going to your brain. And this, in turn, stops us from having a natural level of satiety. So if you think of a strawberry, strawberry has strawberry flavor. It has a huge amount of antioxidants, vitamins, and it's it's a really healthy fruit. And it's got about 0.03 calories per gram, I think, if I remember accurately. If instead you have something that's strawberry flavored, let's say strawberry flavored drink, you're getting a huge amount of sugar, a huge amount of water, and you're probably getting a hundred times the calories in that serving. So your body tastes strawberry, thinks strawberry, but the nutrition that's going in there, the fat, the carbs, the sugar, um, it's all missing and it, it, it doesn't match the taste so basically the book was saying that our, our, a lot of our issues are because the taste of our food has changed. We are creating foods that taste like other natural foods and we're eating them instead because our natural food like chicken and, and beef and um, vegetables has been diluted because of the high yield vegetables. It's a really, really interesting book. I really recommend that you go and read it. It will certainly open your eyes. When myself and Mr. Keto went shopping over the weekend to the supermarket, we actually picked up the labels of things we usually buy and saw how many natural, and I use air quotes, natural and artificial flavoring there was. Because basically the author says that the difference between natural flavoring and artificial flavoring is just marketing. So he uses the example. So he uses the example of getting to San Francisco over the Bay Bridge. He said natural flavorings is like you walk to San Francisco over the bridge and artificial flavors is like you get in a cab across the bridge. Either way, you end up in San Francisco, but one walking is the natural way and getting the car is the artificial way. You still end up with the same product, but the difference is, is how they are able to market that at the end to consumers like us. We see natural flavoring. We think, oh, there's maybe there's some oregano, there's some rosemary, maybe a bit of garlic. But actually, it's not. It's exactly the same as the artificial flavors, only the method of extraction is different. So it's very much opening my eyes as a consumer and introduced me to something called La Belle Rouge, which I'm going to make a video on probably this week or next week. Just keep an eye out for it, which is a really interesting concept started in France in the 60s by poultry farmers who noticed that the taste of chicken was diminishing and decided to do something about it. But it's, it's absolutely huge and it needs a, a video all of its own. So keep an eye out for that. So this week's podcast is going to be about the good, the bad and the ugly of social media. Now, I am not a social media guru. Anybody who's seen my stories on Instagram or my Instagram pictures, it's hit and miss. And I don't proclaim to be a social media expert, but I do use it as a tool. And there are some really good things about social media but there's some bad and downright ugly things there that I wanted to talk about. So the good for me is the inspiration that I get from people in the community who are going through the same journey that I did. Now, when I started 
on this weight loss journey, I wasn't keto. Um, if you know my story, you'll know that I started with a, a calorie controlled, high exercise diet before I turned to keto for weight loss. And I got some great inspiration from social media. So I started with um, some accounts where I was following girls who had already been through the journey and were at their end stage. They had lost all the weight that they wanted and some were plateaued and working on that. For me, it was real. It was real life and they were raw. They were saying, I fell off the wagon. I had a cheeseburger over the weekend, but it was authentic and true to life. And it was something that I was able to identify with and very much uh, gave me the inspiration and just the comfort to know that when I started my journey, I was going to have these issues, but it's perfectly normal because the food that we were eating is designed to be extremely addictive and we have emotional ties with food. So unraveling all of that is not going to be straightforward. So having those social media accounts where it's not all polished gym bunnies with perfect abs and kale smoothies for breakfast. For me, that was absolutely unachievable and I was never going to be able to be like that. So following accounts where people were real, people were raw, authentic and easy to identify with still helped me still on the days that I struggle. And I do. I'm more than two and a half years on keto and I do still struggle some days with the mental cravings. So the physical cravings have long gone. So I know when I get a craving that it's mental or emotional and there's something there that I need to work with. So if I'm having a particularly difficult day, I can go onto these social media sites and go onto these accounts and have a look and see what somebody else in my position is up to today and, you know, get inspiration from them and, and feel like I'm supported in a way because they have faced the same thing and have come out the other side. So that's really the good part of social media. The bad part is, for me, comparison. And comparison is really the thief of joy. And I get messages every day from people who are saying, well, this person lost this, this person lost that, or my husband lost this, my sister lost that, and I'm not, and I'm not doing as well, and I only lost 20 pounds in the first two months. And it's all about comparison. Whereas if you look at your own journey, your own body, your own weight loss, your own health improvements, not comparing them to anybody else, only comparing them to your previous high weight, high illness, high inflammation state, you're going to find yourself really motivated by those differences. So comparing weight loss, comparing food, please don't compare your food to somebody else's because the food we need is so different from body to body. And it's, it's something that even I notice, even at home, Myself and Mr. Keto sometimes will eat completely different dinners. So yesterday, Mr. Keto made pork belly in the oven and I had chicken with chili spices because I didn't want pork belly. I felt like I needed lean protein, so I wanted the chicken. And that's absolutely fine. So don't compare what you're eating to somebody else. I mean, and don't forget that you're probably only seeing a little bit of what they eat. They might be eating the cookies behind the camera and you never know. So comparing your food to somebody else's 
is only going to leave you feeling like you are not good enough, like you're not able to do it, you're not eating the right food, you're not eating the right quantities. So make sure that you just follow your own instincts and eat the food that you like. Exercise is another comparison that we make that I think can leave a lot of us feeling very inferior. So one of my favorite accounts on Instagram is Fat Girl Fed Up. I think that she is the most inspirational girl. She has done fantastic work. She's lost over 340 pounds, I think. I'm sorry if I'm getting it wrong. But she's a constant source of inspiration for me. However, she exercises like a maniac. And for me, I couldn't do that. I absolutely could not be in the gym five to six times a week. Not only because I know the kind of metabolic damage that you can do if you're exercising so much and eating a low calorie diet. It works for her. It would not work for me. I would suffer from adrenal fatigue. I would probably suffer from injuries and I don't enjoy the gym. So if I compare my exercise to hers, I would find myself severely lacking. But you know what? We're on different journeys. We have different bodies. We have different goals and that's okay. Fasting is another one. When I started out on keto, I didn't really fast that much, but like a lot of people, the more I got into keto, the easier it was, the more meals I skipped, and it was much easier then for me to start to naturally drift into fasting. And then I said to myself, okay, let's have a look at some Facebook groups for fasting to see what kind of fasts people are doing. And oh my goodness, it was like wandering into CrossFit combined with Ironman events combined with triathlon and it was like everybody was so competitive in their fasting regimens and some people were like oh you did five days I did seven and somebody else I did 15 and it's like guys if you approach fasting as a competitive sport you are going to injure yourself like athletes do who push themselves too far so don't compare your fasting to somebody else's because only your body knows what level of fasting is okay and it might be none at all. A lot of people, especially women, do much better when they don't fast and that's fine. Just don't compare yourself to somebody else because you don't know how hard it is for them to fast like that. You don't know if they're suffering. You don't know if they've been keto 10 years and have no problem going for a week without food. You just don't know, so don't compare. I think that this level of comparison and competition is actually a toxic comparison because all it does is ruin your motivation and make yourself feel inferior and really doesn't help you on your journey. And now the ugly part. I am a member of quite a lot of Facebook groups and I'm going to be, I think this is specifically Facebook. I haven't seen this on Instagram luckily, and it may be just the kind of accounts that I follow, but the ugly for me, the ugly part of social media for weight loss journey is the food police for a start. Oh, you can't eat that. It's not keto. As a nutritionist, I absolutely believe that none of us should eat wheat, none of us should eat corn, none of us should eat grain of any kind. Uh, obviously, no starches because they're not good for us. However, some people can eat starches. Some people can eat 70 grams of carbs and still stay in ketosis. Miracle machines that they are. 
Not true for a lot of us, but for some of us they can. So if somebody's having a sweet potato in the evening, okay, that doesn't mean it's not keto. It's their keto. They are able to stay in ketosis with that sweet potato. There's nobody out there who can say that's not keto or that's not keto. Some people need those protein food replacement bars, the keto shakes. If it works for them, who are they harming? If it's not working for them, then we can gently and supportively explain that maybe this isn't the best choice. But the food police is definitely something that is really, for me, is an ugly part of social media. There's some shredded carrot in your salad and the food police start blowing their whistles and putting on their sirens. And it's like, calm, carrot is not going to kill anybody. The judgmental attitude as well, I think, is, is something that I found to be quite ugly in in the Facebook community world and this is more to do with people who are more smug than judgmental I think is the the way to put it that it's almost a sneering kind of superiority it's like oh you're on keto a month and you're still eating 60 grams of carbs it's like yeah for this person it might have been more suitable for them to slowly reduce their carb intake Rather than going straight onto keto, you don't know what health issues this person has. You don't know what emotional issues this person has. You don't know their reasoning for doing keto the way they're doing. Sneering at somebody because they don't understand that a potato is not part of a ketogenic protocol because of the high starch content does not make these people superior to others. It actually makes them part of that ugly part of social media. So I would urge you, if you see this kind of attitude in any of the Facebook groups you're on, gently and supportively assure the person who asked the question or who made the comment that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay not to do perfect. Progress is what we're after, not perfection. So that unsupportive replies, the sneering, the superiority, for me is really the ugly part. And I think that For me, the good part absolutely outweighs four times the bad and the ugly. And I use social media as a tool. I use it to share my journey with you guys for a start. So you can see what I'm eating. You can see what shenanigans I'm getting up to um, how I treat myself. I often post pictures on social media of myself in a face mask. And for me, that's a treat. That replaces the food I used to treat myself with. I think it's good to show that you know, nothing's perfect. Nobody is perfect. You know, even people who proclaim to be the fittest and the healthiest, I'm sure they're scoffing a hot dog once in a while and just not telling us about it. Find a community that's supportive for you. Find a community that has the same intentions, has the same attitude, has the same thought processes as you and build on that community But find a balance, okay? So if you want to look at the people who are in the gym six days a week to get yourself motivated, that's fine. Just don't compare yourself if you fall short of that. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into today's podcast. If you liked it, don't forget to give us a review wherever you have listened to us, whether it's on Anchor or Spotify or iTunes. It really helps get the podcast out there and get people known about us. 
I really want to thank you all for your lovely comments for the last few episodes. It really warms my heart to know that I'm able to reach so many people and to help you guys on your journey. You've been listening to the Keto 360 podcast. You can support me by visiting Patreon and joining the community there. If you would rather just buy me a coffee, I'll leave the link below. Thank you very much for listening and don't forget to subscribe and leave a nice review for us on iTunes.